amazing truth? We are forgiven. If you don't know Christ as Savior, I'd invite you before the service ends today to come forward. We'll give you that chance and figure out and learn how that can be true of you. You can be forgiven. That's not really what I'm up here to tell you, but I couldn't resist. What a great song. As Denny mentioned, uh, if you're part of Community Alliance, you're also part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And one of the things I love about our denomination is that we will really send people anywhere to, to the edges, edges of the earth and to huge urban areas really to declare to them, you can be forgiven, just like we sung about. And there's a couple here this morning with us, Tony and Rainy Ruse, who will serve with the Alliance with Envision in the city of Paris. You may have heard of it. And they've been in, in Paris for four and a half years, and then now they're on home assignment, and they're living in Minnesota. So uh, they're even crazier than us living in Pennsylvania. And uh, they're going to enjoy the 60-degree temperatures like we are today. But they're serving as... I think it's still called missionaries in residence at Crown College. Now they're all international workers. They're not missionaries any longer. But we are really uh, thrilled that they're here this morning. We are thinking about looking at ways we might be able to partner with uh, Tony and Rainey and their ministry in Paris. But this morning, Tony's going to come and tell you a little bit about he and his family as well as just share from God's word. So would you please welcome Tony Roos. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. I am honored to be here. Not only honored, but uh, privileged and grateful to be able to have the opportunity to share with uh, you today what God has laid on in my heart, what's happening in Paris, and to say thank you. Um, thank you on behalf of uh, workers around the world in, in almost 80 different countries, eight, almost 800 workers around the world who live and serve to preach the gospel across the, the world. And as part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, your gifts to missions go to support the workers around the world. And that is something that no worker takes for granted and no worker is unappreciative of. And I wanted to make sure I said thank you on behalf of our family, on behalf of the worldwide family of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And I don't take it um, for granted that I'm here on Palm Sunday. And you don't get to hear a traditional Palm Sunday message. I'm not going to talk a lot about Jesus riding on a donkey and the historical significance of what that meant or, or why they lay down palm branches in their clothes. What I am going to say is what I believe that Jesus did when he walked and rode in the donkey into Jerusalem was something that amazes me, amazes me. A few chapters before that in, in one of the Gospels, Jesus, the, the, the author tells us, Jesus resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem. And he knew what lay ahead. He knew the suffering of, of being beaten and, and death that lay ahead. And yet he resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem. And as, as, as Denny mentioned earlier, we saw that when they cried out, Hosanna, when they cried out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, the Pharisees got mad and said to Jesus, teachers, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus replied, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And, and Jesus continued and he said, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. If you, even you, had known this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from you. And then he goes on to say the days will come when Jerusalem would be destroyed. And, and Jesus knew what was coming. 
but he knew that the love that he had for us, the love that would endure from the time of his death and his resurrection, even till now, could not be accomplished unless he entered into Jerusalem. So that is the reason that we are, my wife and our family live in Paris, is because of his marching towards Jerusalem, one step in front of the other, he set his face towards Jerusalem to lead to the cross. And so God forgave us, and we want to make sure that people know about that. I'd love to introduce you to my family um, through just a a brief picture. Um, Up on the slide here, I have a a picture of my family and uh, Envision. So those are the two things um, and what God is doing in there. Those are the things I'm going to talk about. Um, my wife and I have been married for 19 years. Um, I know, we don't look that old, so, but thank you. That's kind of nice. Um, we've been married for 19 years. We met in the church nursery in a Christian Missionary Alliance church in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. So um, if you are young and looking for a, a wife, you know, look around. You know, maybe these are the people that, that God has put in your path. We, we grew up together going to the same church um, every Sunday and every Wednesday, not liking each other most of the time because I was an annoying junior hire um, and an annoying senior hire and young adult and even now, but I wore it down. And uh, so we've been married 19 years now. We've been blessed to have two wonderful kids. Our oldest is Faith. She's 15 years old and uh, loves playing guitar and swimming. Our, our youngest is 12. Um, she is um, a singer and loves playing and singing and, and swimming also. So great active kids. We serve with Envision in Paris, France. And Envision is a strategic arm of the Christian Missionary Alliance Church that targets leaders and leader development to see them serving around the world and in the local church to develop them so that they are ready and able to serve the local church, whether it's across the world or in their hometown. And Paris is strategic in that, in that the city of Paris is about 12 million people. Um, The the city itself is 2 million and the city and the suburbs are about 12 million people. Less than 1% of that population has a hope for eternity. Less than 1% of the population knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And when we found that out, as, as we were trying to figure out what God had next for us, as I was serving as a youth pastor prior to moving to France, my heart broke. We lived in a community in eastern Wisconsin that had 33% of the population that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And we pounded our fist and weeped and prayed to God, God, let's save those 33%. And then... When God presented us the opportunity of of living and working in Paris, 99% of the population don't have a relationship with Jesus. And we said, what are we going to do about that? We're two people, and and we we feel called to go and and led to work with Envision, that Envision has this opportunity where people can come and work alongside of us for one week to two years in various different capacities, working alongside the local church and helping in our ministry center. I'll talk more about that later, but how are we gonna reach people? It's my wife and I and our other teammates there, 12 million people. We can't do it on our own. And God began to work in us. He goes, you don't have to do it alone. I'm training up leaders. I'm training up others that you can send out and you can work alongside. And I said, but the the interns we we have coming are, are sometimes from um, not from Christian colleges. They're not those that have doctorates or, or MDivs. They're, they're just regular students. God, what am I going to do with regular students serving in Paris? And he, he again began to work in my life, and he said, you know, there's a couple things that I want you to see. 
There's a couple questions that you were asked as a child growing up in a Christian Missionary Alliance church, as I'm sure you do here. Every year you're presented with missionary speakers on stage, other different avenues that you see missionary speakers come and share what, uh, what they're doing and then asking questions about how you're going to be involved. And the two that I remember from growing up for, for the, my time in the Christian Missionary Alliance Church and then as serving as a, as a pastor are the two that I'm going to put up on the screen. Two questions, very simply, will you go to where God calls you to go and will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? The two questions that I think every missionary asks in their presentation, will you go to where God calls you to go and will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? And those are the two questions that I can see a lot of you going, uh-uh. I'm not doing that, because if I say yes to God to, to go where he wants me to go, he's going to send me somewhere where I don't want to go. That's automatically in our minds. Like, we have this idea that when we say yes to God, he's going to send us to some far-off place where we have never wanted to be. And oftentimes when we hear that, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, but don't send me to Africa. That's one of the prayers that a lot of people have, or I'll go anywhere that you want me to go, God, but don't send me to you know, Alaska, because it's really cold up there. I mean, that's, that's my, I don't want to go to Alaska. For us, it was, um, God, we want to do what you want to do, but we really don't want to go to Asia. We, that was, we had been to Asia in 2005 on a, on a vision trip to see what God was doing there, and we had an experience there that was uh, both wonderful to see what God was doing, but horrible, because that was not a culture that we understood. It was not a comfortable time in, in for us, my wife and I, and we both came back from that experience and said, God, thank you for not calling us into missions. We would love to continue to serve you by sending missionaries, by, by supporting missionaries, by, by even sending short-term trips and, and, and praying off and sending off other workers. Thank you for not calling us to do that. That was 2005. Fast forward to 2010 where God says to us, hey, by the way, I'm calling you to be a missionary. And in that process of, of, of time, God had said, do you want to follow me? Will you go to where I call you to go? Or will you disobey? And I thought, oh, that's a good question. So I was on a, headed back towards uh, Asia on another vision trip with a, a bunch of youth pastors from the Wisconsin area. And Rainey comes out to me at five in the morning as we're loading up in the van. And she said, God's going to call you on this trip. God's going to call you to where we're supposed to go in our next move with our life. I want you to say yes. And I said, but what if it's Asia? And she goes, even if it's Asia, go ahead and say yes. And I said, okay, because my wife is a lot smarter than me and knows a lot more, so I'll say, yeah, what, what, what you need me to do. And, and we, I get to Asia, and, and I, I sit down on the, on the back of a bus in, in Cambodia, and I have a six-hour bus ride, and I sit down and I talk with the, the director of Envision who who was at that time, we were saying, hey, let's develop leaders to, to plug into the local church, that, that brief snippet I gave you. And as he's sharing what God is doing through Envision and, and, and developing with Envision, my heart is bursting with, this is what God is calling me to do. This is what God has implanted in my heart, to see young adults involved in church, to see people developed and led and, and reaching out to the lost. And I said, that is awesome. Where are you going? And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, they're going, man, maybe if it's Asia, I'll say yes. I'm going to say yes. He goes, Paris, France. And I said, that's not Asia. And because I'm good with geography. Um, <laughs> I said, he said, Paris, France. And I'm like, that is, it's not Asia, but that's where we'll go. And I thought the same thing that many of us think when we think of missionaries in Paris. Why? 
And he outlined that 12 million people, less than 1%, 1 million college-age students with less than a half a percent that know Jesus of young adults. And my heart broke and my heart rejoiced at the same time because we would have an opportunity to grow and to serve. So will you go to where God calls you to go? Something I found as I read through Scripture is when we say yes to God, he doesn't punish us in, in our decisions to follow him. He doesn't sit up there going, oh, I can't wait for, there's a lot of gyms here, so I won't use that name. I can't wait for, for Jill to say yes to me so I can punish her and, and zap her with something evil. What I see in scripture is, is from like Psalms where, where the author says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. When you say yes to God, when you go where he, where he wants you to go, it's going to be a lot better for you than saying no to him. Will you go to where God calls you to go when you desire, when you delight yourself in the Lord and you begin to, your desires become his desires. And when you go where he wants you to go, it's your desire. And that's what I would encourage you. The more you get to know God, the easier it is to say, yes, God, I'm going to go where, I, where you call me to go. And for my wife and I, that was Paris, France. And that was, honestly, it's not an easy decision. We had never been to Paris. We had lived our lives thinking we were Midwest um, people all our lives had no desire to go overseas. We weren't the traditional, we got called at 12 to go and we just were working our way through it. We had thought we were going to be pastors in a local church and then God says it's time to go. But for some of us, th that going where God calls you to go isn't as, as far off as another country. Sometimes it's not even another state. Sometimes it's just across the room to your coworker. Will you go to your coworker, will you go to your family? Those conversations, those, those types of, of work in your lives are sometimes harder to say yes to. Will you go across the street when God calls you to stay, go across the street? Will you go across the county line to the next person away? Will you go to your parents who raised you but didn't introduce you to Christ and introduce them to Christ? That's sometimes where God calls you to go. The second question that missionaries always ask is, will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? And, and then our mind sets up and says, I'm not a preacher. There's no way I could stand in front of people and talk for an hour or two hours, right? An hour? No? Okay. There's no way I could stand up in front of people and, and take God's word and open it up and, and, spread the, and, and preach the word like, like pastors do. And that is when I point people to Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, uh, if you, I'll go back to Acts chapter 1 really quickly. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said um, to his disciples right before he was taken up into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, therefore, or he says, uh, and when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. You will tell people about Jesus in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was Jesus' whole plan. When he was taken up to heaven, he goes, here's the keys to the kingdom. Here's, here's how you're going to build my work on this earth. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to tell people about me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so they start doing that. They start telling people in Jerusalem all over. And, and you see at the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people come to know Christ and are baptized that day. And, and over and over again, you see throughout the, the first six chapters of Acts, this, this church, the beginning of what we now minister and serve in in Jerusalem, growing and growing and people hearing about what, what God has done, who Jesus is and the salvation that he offers. That's freedom and peace and security for eternity. In Acts chapter 7 is the first martyr. Stephen is stoned for his confession of Jesus Christ as God. 
He loses his life, and, and then Acts chapter, one, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, On that day, great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So where was the gospel supposed to go? In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so they're scattered. It, it, it's similar to in today's day and age, if, if something were to happen and the church decided, hey, we can't meet as a church anymore out of fear of death and persecution. So what's going to happen is the pastors and the elders and their families are going to stay. And everybody else that is filling the pews, you scatter to the regions around. You scatter to other counties, to other states around the area, back to somewhere where you might feel safe. The pastors and the elders, those who have been to Bible college, those who had, who had sat at the feet of Jesus, I mean, that's a better Bible college than any of the ones that I could recommend to you. They sat at the feet of Jesus for three years. They stayed. Those who had came to know Christ on the day of Pentecost, those who had came to know Christ later on, they were scattered to Judea and Samaria. In Acts chapter 8, verse 4, and those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So when I ask the question, will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? The answer, I believe, is Acts chapter 8, verse 4. You, you, you've got to say yes. And what is preaching? Let's define that quickly. Preaching is simply telling the good news. Telling good news about something. Here it says they preach the word. They preach Jesus wherever they went. A lot of times in our life we preach on a, on a daily basis and we don't even think about preaching. We tell good news of, of the local restaurant we ate at. We tell the good news of, of the different places that we go. We, we go out to a restaurant and we have a, a beautiful dinner, a wonderful dinner with our spouse at a, at a restaurant that serves steak and, and potatoes with bacon on top, all those amazing things. And we go into work the next day and we preach about that restaurant. We tell the people the good news about how they had taken a baked potato and put bacon on it and that nothing gets better than that. And so we preach that good news all the time, and yet we don't always have the ability or the words to say, but I want to preach about Jesus. Because oftentimes we don't have that same relationship with Jesus. What these people had is they had a desire. They got to know Jesus. And as they were, went and they were scattered for fear of persecution, fear of death and imprisonment and punishment, they preached the word. They preached the news of Jesus across Judea and Samaria into the ends of the earth. Sometimes God's plan, God's plan to, to further his kingdom includes persecution. It, right here, it's a clear example. The church was persecuted and it grew. It spread and it grew. It says they preached the word and if you read through the book of Acts, you can see how those who were scattered preached and cast out demons and healed the sick and brought people into a relationship with Jesus. That's us. That's all of you. We have a role to play in advancing his kingdom. We need to be the ones that preach the good news to those around us. My questions, will you go to where God calls you to go? Will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? These are the questions that we ask interns and teams every time they come into Paris, and we work through who, how they get to know Jesus better. We get work through how do you get to know where God is calling you to go and where God is calling you, who God is calling you to preach to. We get into their lives with these interns and teams and serve the city of Paris. I want to introduce just a bit of, of our ministry in Paris. There's a couple slides. Um, there's a picture um, kind of come up here of our Genesis Ministry Center. Genesis is... Uh, a ministry center in the, in the center of Paris. Um, 
has a max capacity of about 40 people. We have probably about 50 to 60 people in there almost every time that we can. And, and what we do out of that is, is we give opportunities for ourselves and other Christians to rub shoulders with people who are non-Christians. Paris is not only a city of 12 million people, it's a city of 12 million lonely people. Um, the, the, the French culture oftentimes is a culture where you don't make eye contact, you don't meet random strangers. Um, people live, especially if they're single and young, they live in a small 100 square foot um, apartment and the only thing they share is a toilet with the other people in their rooms in, in that, on that floor. They're a small cut off people. So in the, in the Genesis Ministry Center, we, um, we provide opportunities for them to have conversations with people. We use English conversations as an opportunity to draw people into a relationship with, with us, and therefore we're able to then preach the good news to them in a variety of different ways. Um, there was one time we were, we were hosting, so we do English conversation groups, and then we have um, event nights, kind of outreach nights, we sometimes call them. Um, we were singing karaoke was one of our first ones. Um, that's always fun to tell people about Jesus at karaoke. Um, but I was sitting outside at the end, and I was, I was rolling up the, the awning that was out, and it was 11 o'clock at night, and we were, we were cleaning up, and, and one of our friends comes up and says, Tony, how is it that your church sponsors this? Because her experience with church was a dark place, a cold place that, that people didn't go to, and there wasn't a fun experience. And I said, well, one of the things that I love about our church is not only do they care about um, you know, we, we definitely care about Jesus and we care about worshiping, but we also care that, that you have relationships and community and a good time. And, and she goes, oh, that's just so different. Why is that? And my friend Pascal comes up and he starts talking. He's a, he's a French guy and, and he starts talking with, with my other friend and, and she starts asking questions and he goes, oh, you want me to give me my testimony? And he just laid out into a testimony about who Jesus was and why, why he chose Jesus versus all the other religions that he had sought out and, and how he was in a relationship with Jesus. And she just was astounded. And I said, God, thank you for using karaoke to bring people into an understanding of who you are. Because I would never have thought of using karaoke as an outreach. That was an intern's idea. And I said, okay, that'll be great. So we use this Genesis Ministry Center, which is part of Trinity Alliance Church, which is the, um, the next slide on the picture. Trinity International Church is a church of about 120 people on any given Sunday, um, with about 30 to 40 different nationalities represented um, on that. It's that idea of every tribe, tongue, and nation and worshiping. I get a glimpse of that every Sunday as I worship with them, as we sing and as we pray. On the top, uh, to right in that picture, you can see a picture of, of what we see, yeah, the top right. This is one of our elders, David, and his wife, Su Hong, and they are baptizing a Chinese believer. Um, the church has a Chinese Bible study that meets every Sunday after church, and students and young adults come to the Bible study, and they, um, they get to hear the proclamation of Jesus in their heart language, led by um, a, a Chinese pastor. Um, David is a, is a Chinese pastor, and he tells people about Jesus. They had a, a young woman who was... Um, in, in, in school in Paris, come and, and be a part of their group. And she accepted Jesus while she was there, went back after her studies back home and told her mom about this Jesus that Pastor David had introduced her to. And her mom said, I want that Jesus that Pastor David told me about. I want that Jesus that you told me about. And, and she accepted Christ, the mother did. And then the mother was coming to Paris for some medical procedures and said, I want Pastor David, I want Pastor David to baptize me. Do you think he would do it? 
And he brought it to the elders, and we said, yeah, we, we could probably do that. We're pretty smart, you know. It's pretty, it's pretty. And so she, he baptized her, and we just had a great opportunity to, to see one generation pour into the next generation, uh, the generation above them. One of the things that we firmly believe in the ministry that we do in Paris is as we reach out and we touch the lives of people with Christ, we reach Paris, we can reach the world. 30 different nationalities represented in church. Our, our English conversation groups of, of between 10 to 20 people have between 5 to 10 different nationalities on any, given, on any given time we're having a conversation. People who are there at time, pivotal key times in their life where they can hear the gospel, where they can accept the gospel and then go back to their country, countries that, that I can't go to as a missionary, that I can't go to as a pastor. They go because they were born there and tell people about Jesus. We have this great opportunity with, with Trinity International Church to partner with. The other thing that we use a lot in our, in our ministry in the next slide is, is a picture of stuff that's happening in our home. Um, we use our home as a way to introduce people to um, our lives and, and into the life of Christ. Um, on the, the bottom across is a couple of pictures of a barbecue we hosted and Thanksgiving. We use Thanksgiving because they always see Thanksgiving in, in TV shows and movies. It's culture, American culture is a very interesting thing to the French people. And they say, do you really make a turkey and, and set it down? And we say, yeah, why don't you come over for Thanksgiving? And so I make a turkey and I pay $200 to buy this turkey because it's like $7 a pound and I set it in front of them and I carve it and I say, this is a turkey. And they say, wow. And then I say, even more importantly, let me tell you who I am thankful to. Yeah, we can talk about being thankful for all these things that have been given to us, all these things we have, the jobs, our relationships, our friends with you, but more than anything, we are thankful to Christ for what he has done. We are thankful for, for Christ in the way that he has, has impacted our lives, and we tell them the story of, of Christ at that time. We use Easter, uh, a time when, when they, get, they get the Monday after Easter off, but they have no idea what Easter means. And so we use Easter, and we have them at our ministry center. Um, the next slide I'll, I'll bring up, and I'll, I'll tell the story of, of Easter at Christmas, or at, at Genesis. We have a... Um, Top left are Trevor and Sam. They are um, cooking bacon and uh, um, bacon, eggs, and pancakes for three hours as we had 40, 30, 40 different people coming and, and learning about Easter and learning about American pancakes because apparently we make better American pancakes. I don't know. Um, so they're, they're making pancakes, and, and Sam cooked bacon for, for three hours. Sam's a vegan now. I don't blame the bacon, but... <laughs> Um, but we, we, have this, we have this Easter brunch, and it's conveniently timed to end in just enough time where anybody that wants to can walk over to the church building and see what Easter is about in our, in our Christian tradition. And so as we were leaving that day, Rainy and I had driven in because we had tons of food to, to feed them. So um, our interns and our daughters were walking out, and we asked one of our friends, hey, are you going to church? She goes, no, I've been to church before. Uh, there's nothing there. And we said, okay. She goes, I'm going to walk with your daughters. I'm going to walk with the people towards there. It's on my way anyway. It's a beautiful day out. We said, okay. And we were kind of sad. We were kind of disappointed because we've been working with this young lady for a while. We've been praying with her. We had presented the gospel to her. And we said, oh, we thought she was going to go to church. And so we, uh, we drove over later. And as the church was starting, we walked in. 
And there was our friend sitting with our interns and our teams because somewhere along the way, they'd either convinced her or God or the Holy Spirit had convinced her. I don't know which one. I don't really care which one. She was there and she heard the gospel. She heard the gospel story. And uh, she came up to me afterwards and said, this is the first time. And I said, what? She goes, this is the first time that, that I sensed something in church, that I felt something in church. And I said, that's that Holy Spirit that we were talking about before. You need to continue seeking that. Um, she hasn't accepted Christ yet. She continues on the journey towards where God is leading her. But we trust that, that God is going to continue to minister with her and continue to minister in her and we continue to serve our interns and teams do a, a ton of ministry while they're there, a lot of relational ministry. We always tell people, if you can speak English, you will have a great opportunity to share the Christ with people because people want to speak in English and they want to hear about American culture. So our students, our young adults that come, they're able to use that to present the gospel in a, in a variety of ways. Will you preach to whom God calls you to preach is simply being available to have a conversation with somebody about who Jesus is. You don't have to have a, a Bible degree. You don't have to have a, a, a background in theology. You just have to be able to know Jesus and make him known to the world. That is the, the call that we have in our lives to, to the gospel. Will you preach to whom God calls you to preach? And will you go to where God calls you to go? Envision is, a, is an, a strategic arm of the Christian Missionary Alliance. As I said before, we have 22 sites across the world, some as foreign as Cleveland, Ohio, and, and everywhere in between, okay? So Cleveland, Ohio, and we have places in, in Asia, South and Latin America, um, Europe, Eastern Europe, um, I think Africa, and that's most of the continents here in the United States, um, not in Antarctica. So um, all, any, anywhere in between, ranging from things of, of, like us, having relational, conversational ministry, coffee shop ministry, planning a church, um, doing home renovation in Cleveland where they buy houses for a dollar and renovate them and serve the refugees that are pouring into Cleveland right now. Um, any ministry style, any ministry calling that you may have in vision can help you to see what God is doing. Um, I know you guys are going to the DR this year again with Envision. Um, great locations across the world. If God is, is stirring something in you, we would love to have a conversation with you about what that is. I know, I know Pastor Bob and his missions team would love to talk with you about what God is doing in your lives as he is calling you to, to preach the gospel either across the street or around the world. And I know Pastor Denny would also, I'm sure, love to tell, have that conversation. I was just thinking missions, not taking away from your role and work here. So um, I want to invite you to, to uh, pray for our family as, as we minister and serve in Paris. Right now, as, as, as Pastor Bob mentioned, we're on a year home assignment at Crown College. Um, we head back in July, and we're gearing up towards that, starting to um, pack the things away that we had unpacked and, and starting to transition our hearts to um, back into ministry. We'll be moving back into the same role that we were in as Envision Site Coordinators. Um, a couple ways you can pray for us. A, a reminder, we have a prayer card, and it's on a table right out there. We'll be back there and would love to talk with you. I always tell people, you just take a, a small magnet, put it right over my face, and you have a beautiful postcard of people to pray for. Um, but please, please grab one of these. It's got a great way to, to pray for us and connect in the back. We also have brochures and flyers about what Envision is, and we send out a monthly newsletter. Um, that we would love to be able to send to you so that you can be praying more specifically about requests and things going on, and we will give you opportunity to pray for our, our friends 
that, uh, that I shared with you about and new ones that we meet as we go back. I'm going to pray and then we'll close. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your heart and passion with the people that have a heart and passion for you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to, um, to share your word. And Lord, help us to say yes to those questions, that we will go where you want us to go and we will preach to whom you want us to preach, Lord. Help us to say yes, um, even if it means telling our, our friends and our neighbors about you, our family about you, or even to the ends of the earth. Wherever it is you are calling us to go, Lord, let us, let us say yes to, to go and to preach. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Tony and Rainey are going to make... They're going to be at a table right back there. If you'd like to speak with them, please take an opportunity to do that uh, before you leave. Also want to let you know, again, as Denny, I know he made you give the times. I'm going to give you the times because I'm nicer than Denny. Remember that, please. Next week, 8 o'clock, 9.30 and 11. Love to have you back here. Uh, bring a friend. Um, bring your family. Looking forward to a great celebration next Easter Sunday. I also want to uh, let you know that if you are interested in, in going on a trip, again, being involved in, in missions, I'll be down here to talk with you. You can certainly talk to, to uh, Tony and Rainey as well. And then lastly, I want you to know, as we do most Sundays, if you need prayer, uh, if you want to be anointed, I think someone's going to be anointed here this morning, please come forward. Elders will be here. Uh, some of the, the pastors will be here as well to just pray with you. So thank you so much for coming. Have, a, have an incredible day. And I think uh, I just challenge you to ask those questions even throughout the day. Where I, where, will I go where God's calling me to go? And will I preach to whom he's calling me to preach? Those are, those are great questions. Thanks for being here this morning.